I plan to go to law school after I graduated, but uh, looks like my folks won't have enough money to put me through college. Well, the world needs ditch diggers, too. Entrepreneurship, scaling business plans. Then I became the CEO man. Are you ready to be mentored by some of the best minds in entrepreneurship in the world? Then you're listening to the right podcast, Ditch Digger CEO. We're going to be interviewing CEOs and founders who will be telling their amazing rags to riches stories. These entrepreneurs who dominate the industries they serve will be sharing the secrets to their success. We'll be talking to millionaires and billionaires. Many who started with nothing. You're going to be mentored with golden nuggets of shared experiences from my guest, whose time is worth thousands and even tens of thousands of dollars per hour. I started in the paving business right out of high school. And with no college education, mentorship has been my education of choice. I started over 25 companies in the last 20 years, have generated over $1.5 billion in revenues. My guarantee is this. If you listen to Ditch Digger CEO and you want to be more successful, you will become more successful. The secrets of my success and for many of the world's greatest business leaders will be revealed. Let Ditch Digger CEO mentor you. Yeah, I mean, I'd say that I'm really fortunate uh, to have had a lot of different mentors at different stages of my life. Um, but, you know, most consistently and the, the biggest mentors um, would be my par parents for sure. Uh, my mom and dad, uh, dad in business and leadership and work ethic. I mean, ever since I can remember uh, growing up, he was always teaching teaching me lessons and my sisters and uh, lessons in, in uh, leadership. Uh, my mom and selflessness and kindness and caring for others. I mean, she's by far the, the most loving, selfless person uh, that I know. And I'd say another big mentor of mine, uh, growing up and still today would, was my grandfather. Uh, you know, my grandpa uh, was a great example and mentor in, in hard work, grit, and hustle. Um, you know, long before I was I was born, he had a lot of different businesses and um, that he had started and um, to earn a good living for his family. Um, so he was a great example of that. And also, you know, at the same time, he's always there to help out my uh, my siblings and I. And uh, if I ever got into a, uh, a bind and needed, needed help. He was always there for us. Um, so, so yeah, I would say that probably, uh, those would be the, the biggest kind of most consistent throughout my life. Uh, and I'm fortunate to be able to say that. So you saw a lot with, uh, uh Rayvon paving America, and then you just saw something. It's like, Hmm, I think I, I see a, I see a blue ocean opportunity over here. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Talk about that. Yeah. So, uh, it was in Rayvine Paving America. We had uh, a client that <clears throat> one of the you know largest retailers in the world that that had called us up and um, and they wanted just like general information about their parking lot. So they just they were going to pay us to go out and uh, they had a list of like three hundred properties to go out and just tell them how many parking stalls they had, count the signage, count you know the trash cans, the you know um, and then also do a condition of the the pavement. And the condition of the pavement was one thing, but it was it was amazing to me that this company didn't have that that information in a database or you know somewhere for them to to grab. That they didn't have this like very basic information about their their property. Um, so uh, around that same time, a friend of uh, my dad and I's had 
called us uh, who, who runs a venture fund and they were looking at uh, a drone company. And so we had, it was like me and um, Olivia who was on the team and she's on, on the site team now, uh, Dan who is currently running uh, uh, RPA and then uh, Katie that started to kind of test out this drone technology and, um, and realized that there was a network of thousands of drone pilots throughout the United States. Um, and really, you know, we obviously knew about drones and knew what they were and knew that they took great images and all of these things, but I don't think that we really realized like how, uh, how far the technology had come and, and what the output of the drone imagery and capture really was until we saw it. So, um, so, so we started to test with this, with a drone company. Um, we'd send out a drone, send out a project manager as well to a property that needed to be scoped for their pavements. And then, uh, and then we would compare it. We'd say, okay, here's what the project manager came back with. Here's what the drone came back with. Um, and then we would tweak the, the drone, we call it a, a drone recipe or, or flight plan. Um, and what we found was like, at first, you, you know, we started to play with the elevations a lot because um, just the typical capture that people are used to wasn't enough, uh, enough information for us to be able to scope off of. Like, it was cool, you could see the condition, but you couldn't really like look at it and say, okay, this pavement needs to be removed and replaced or, you know, crack sealed or anything like that. So we spent a lot of time, probably, probably six months, uh, just tweaking the flight plan. Um, so, and that's something that we still work on today. Like we're always trying to figure out a better way that we can uh, fly a property to get better information. Um, so, so within Raybine, we started to to um, tweak this and got it to a point where we were confident that we knew that our team could scope from the drone imagery that we were capturing. Uh, and that's kind of when my dad and I started talking more about the opportunity that we saw in the market for like people with a lot of properties throughout the United States not having information kind of aggregated, uh, like an aggregated source of information for all their uh, parking lots, but also just buildings in general. So, um, you know, a lot of companies that, let's say they own 200 properties all throughout the U.S., they have, um, they might send out a paving contractor to go scope it and look at it. Um, and then they might have, you know, but they also might just have the operations manager on site that doesn't really know a lot about pavement calling them and saying, Hey, this is what we need done. So there just wasn't a good way to kind of sort through that information. And, um, and, and always many different, many different yeah. opinions and different people, engineers, contractors, yeah. um, property managers, yeah. all different people scoping and figuring it out. Yeah. instead of one consistent Yep. Yeah. Let me say one thing though too is Austin, more modest than I am, right? Wouldn't talk about a lot of things, but when it comes to this, when when you really looked into this, you know, engineers, civil engineers, and pavement engineers that work that are on our team, myself, you know, we're old school guys. We've been we we gained our customers' trust by going out through other engineers and telling them what they got, tell them the budgets they should be thinking about, you know, five years ahead. Mm -hmm. So we did this for the last twenty some years. We've had expertise that we've given our customers. You know, the big, the big retailers, industrial building owners, distribution center owners, big corporations that have a lot of property. We've been giving away engineering to them to say, we want to help you understand your, your pavements and your roofs, and we want to help you manage them better with our engineers. We're going to give them to you, right? We've tried to find the best engineers we can find for them. That helped, and that grew our relationships nationally because we, were, we it, was a, it was the razor that sold the razor blades, right? Yeah. <clears throat> so... Uh, that was great, but what Austin found out was, you know, we're, we're spending a lot of money flying engineers and project managers around the country to, to, to be able to develop these scopes and, and the, and the, and the, and the five-year plans and all that. 
And man, we're spending a ton of money. You know, we came up with a number. I forget what it was—a million bucks or more—and mm-hmm. and they were spending. We said, you know, we we, go, we if we can make this work with with drone pilots across the country, we can save all this travel, this this hotel, the meals, all this stuff, and have our engineers in our office getting stuff done. So I mean, we we all kind of looked and said, ah, yeah, that's that's great, Austin. You know, maybe we can do that, but I'm sure we're going to need these boots on the ground. We're going to have to have boots on the ground. He said, oh, we'll see, but I don't I think maybe not, right? So sure enough, it took about six months before mm-hmm. Austin. They built the program, built the scripts that that they came back and said all of us had to say, "Oh my gosh, this is you know wait, no reason you have to go to that job. Those pictures, that that detail is better than 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 us walking in those properties, right? Yeah. So that yeah. was when we knew we had a product, and and, yeah. that, and I think right after that, you know, our biggest customers are saying, "Oh, this is cool. This yeah. is great." And yeah. and then uh, I don't know how many how many months was it before that turned into. A, I mean, I'm probably missing some stuff there, Austin, but. How, how, how long was it after that that it became a, a business where you and I talked about, man, let's just probably probably got to spin this out in a yeah. separate entity because it's a little different and it's a se- separate product yeah. now. I think it was probably six or seven months that we it was like within Raybine Paving America and then um, doing his own thing and then to to spinning it out as a separate business. So so we t- so basically this this technology with with, uh, with with the drones, AI, and all the you know, the stuff we're doing today, it's really an old. Techno- all the all the subject matter expertise stuff that we've been doing for 25 years, right? So that's that's all been built into this, right? So that expertise in the back end and roofing and paving has been a, yeah. been a godsend, yeah. as well as the relationships we've gained with these customers where they trusted yeah. us to try this and, and build customize yeah. a program for yeah. them, right? So, so who are some of the customers that you get if you don't if you can? Share, yeah. Um, so uh, I'll get to that, but I, I yeah. want to say one thing. Um, so like like my dad was saying, <clears throat> we we had been doing this for 20 years, and um, and it, it allowed us to build relationships. And um, but the old school way of boots on the ground, and then also the, the output was a PDF report and an Excel document with this information. So it had some images, it had some measurements, um, an executive summary, and which was really good. I mean, even when you look at it, I was just showing somebody, I was just showing Karen uh, yesterday, and she's like, wow, that looks really nice, and it does. It looks like a nice report that's put together for, for our clients, but um, that information, you can't do anything with it. You can, you can, you know, you can take it, put it into Excel, and kind of play with it, but. Um, but it's kind of it's static information because it's on a PDF, so there's not a lot that you can do. So we're getting all of this data and information, but you know, not really doing much with it, or at least not maximizing. Yeah, some the some, some uh, facilities owners or engineers would look at it once, put it yeah. in the file, and look at it when they need to. Yep. Some would never look at it after they threw their right. file, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So compared and, to now, yeah. So they would, and and clients would have us do this every five years, let's say. So after one or two years they have this report that essentially for the next three years isn't very useful because you know their operations change their budgets change a lot of things change with the business in that time period um so there wasn't like an update going on so it was you know it was good as an initial report and they would use it to to kind of come up with a general plan but because of the cost and because of the time that it took to to put together uh it would you know it they couldn't do it on an annual basis or a regular basis um, so, uh, so yeah, so the, the, the drone networks allowed this opportunity for us to get information, uh, fast and, you know, m- more inexpensive or less expensive than ever before, um, because we were using local pilots to, to fly these properties. Um, so that first year, that, that first six months within Raybine Paving America, uh, I think that we did, um, what did we say, like about a hundred uh, assessments um, and then the first year that we we 
created it as its own business, which was January of last year, uh, 2018. We did um, about 600 uh, assessments. And then this year, we'll probably do about 3,000 properties. Um, So, so yeah, so there's, uh, and I think that, you know, one of the cool, um, cool case studies that we talk a lot about is, you know, we show uh, a graph of prior to site and kind of how we did it the old school way and how we're doing it today. Um, and you know, the old school way, we had a client we were doing every five years, and I think it was like 35 facilities all throughout the United States, and it was a few thousand data points, right? So uh, images, measurements, um, pricing, a few thousand uh, points of data, and it would take seven or eight months to put together uh, these reports. Seven or eight months for 35 properties. For 35 properties, <clears throat> yeah. And then just this year, uh, we did uh, just over 800 properties in 60 days. And we had like you know over a million data points of images, videos, uh, measurements, um, budget, all, items, uh, budget right. items, yeah. And, uh, and you know, we did it for half the price of yeah. what, what, yeah, what, so, what So the what, difference what to you is this, faster, Way better information, way more complete, and way less money. Yeah. So it's you know when you yeah. when you get it so, so faster was the biggest thing because we we would only do the properties for these customers that were a pain in the pain in the butt for them, right? Yeah. We didn't just do, yeah. we didn't do all their properties because we could never get to them. And engineering right. companies couldn't do them all. They could they had to put 10, 10 companies like us and engineers together yep. to get them all done in a year. Like a like a big distribution center owner that owns you know uh, one hundred and fifty distribution centers, they'd need a bunch of us. Yeah, and we probably still wouldn't get done in a year or two. And all the information would be different by different engineering standards yeah. and all that. Now they have one one source with with site. Some of these yep. big ones, they're doing one hundred percent of them, suit way faster. Way less money, you know, probably I don't know, twenty percent of the co- old cost, maybe ten percent of the old cost. Yeah. All right, and and, uh, and only about uh, uh, two thousand percent faster, probably. I'm guessing yeah. twenty times faster. So that's the difference in technology. Yeah. So how were you able to get your customers to buy into doing something different? Because I think that might be. I mean, I think that's a really good question for people who have businesses out there and they're trying to get yeah. customers to do X, Y, yeah, and Z. Yeah, right. You know? Yeah, I think. I mean. So there was always, now is a little bit different from when we first started. I think when we first started, we ran into a lot where um, kind of the same challenge that we had internally of getting people to bought into the fact that you can, you know, look at a facility and come up with a condition and scope of work from a drone, from the drone imagery. Um, that's, that's, I think, been the biggest thing when we sit down with them. They're like, well, you know, we're being told that you still need boots on the ground or you yeah. need somebody walking the parking lot or walking the roof. Um, and then, and, and even, you know, right from the start, we had some good information because we kind of started to do it without asking some of the customers. We just fly it and have uh, a project manager walk it. So we had information and we had uh, a product that we could kind of show them and say, Hey, this is this is what we're seeing, and so we could show them. You know, we pull up the computer, show them exactly what we're seeing, zoom in, and one of our clients had like a three million square foot distribution center and wanted to zoom in and find a penny on the ground that he knew was there. He and said, yeah, he set it up, right? Yeah, yeah. He said he put a penny somewhere in the parking lot. Yeah, the parking yeah, lot. yeah, and he wanted to find it, and he did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, so the the information's is incredible that we're able to capture. So that I think has been initially. Uh, the first kind of roadblock that we have to get through. And then the, the next one is not all of our clients are used to paying for uh, pavement assessment. So um, so that's another one that we need to, to work through with them. And, and, and you, it's very, I mean, it's not easy to do because it's obviously an additional cost that they need to look at. 
but if they're if they're using the information properly and you know our recommendations that we're making then they should be saving money on on you know either saving money on their pavement spend or doing more pavement because of you know the information that we're giving them um, so that's one uh, they can you know there's a lot of different ways that they can bundle some of these projects now with contractors and, and be able to give more work, bulk work to contractors to get better pricing. Um, so there's different ways that we can justify that cost and say, yeah. it might cost you X to get this done, but this is the information, this is what you're going to get from it. And then here's also some of the savings that you'll see because of this information. And what I like a lot is I'm very confident being in this business for as long as I have that you know, I go to, you know, years, year after year, I go to look at a parking lot or my team, our team look at a roof and they know that the failure that happened is only six months old or a year old by another contractor, yeah. right? Yeah. And, 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 and you look at it and say, man, that's, that's definitely covered, but they don't even know who did it. Right. They don't know who did the work six months ago. The manager, property manager might have changed, right? And that old property manager had all information and then maybe didn't even get, didn't get a warranty even, right? So they wouldn't even got anything if they, they knew they, that it was only done six months yep. ago. Maybe they didn't have a warranty anyway. So what we can do, what Austin's doing right now on his team, is they can tie warranties, uh, GIS stamping of the, pro, of, the, of the work that's done, so they know exactly what was done, specifications where that work is done, and who did it, and what's the warranty. So I, I'm very confident that just the warranty system alone and, yeah. and getting people to come back and redo work that was done bad is going to save a yep. huge part of their board, their their, their uh, budget, right? Because if if you can if you can save, let's say, I believe it's ten or fifteen percent of the work that's done is done uh, under standards, right? Especially when you're just hiring anybody close to get a job done fast, roofing or paving. So if you can if you can hold hold people to you know st solid standards, right, with better warranties. It's a huge win. Yeah. So that's something I think is a big ROI in this as well. Yeah. It's kind of fun. Yeah, I mean, we just came across that recently. We did, it, it was the first year that we were doing this property. Um, so we didn't have like the historical data yet. Um, and our team had scoped it out, created a condition. And one of the repairs that we were calling out um, for, I think it was next year, you know, the property, we talked to the property manager and, and they were like, you know, this was just done you know, last or last season, this was just paved, removed and replaced. And I was like, well, you know, if that's the case, like you might want to talk to your contractor because it's failing in a way that it shouldn't be failing after one year. You know, you're going to see some cracks or something, but there's, you know, this failure was much more significant. Than, wow. Um, so yeah, so that, that kind of Were you able to capitalize on that and get the contractor to cover that? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Good deal. So, um, so yeah, so it's you go, stuff like the that. The paver saver. Yeah, huh? <laughs> look, at, look at that. There you go. I like that. Okay. Well, I don't know if yeah, you saved that, that paver. <laughs> yeah, paver wants to do happy probably. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. But uh, but yeah. So and then you know now we're doing uh, much more than just pavements, right? Because yeah. um, we can we've built plans, flight plans to to capture roofs, uh, facades, landscaping. Um, we actually just did a, um, it was like an 80-story building downtown, did a facade capture to um, for, for a general contractor to do a punch list. Um, on. So, so yeah, so there's a, a ton of opportunity. Um, and not just, again, not just pavement, right? That's where it started. And, and that was the, the most natural kind of progression of um, how we were talking to our clients because yeah. that's how they knew us. Um, but now that we have this information, there's so much more that we can do with so, it. So, so one, one message I want to make sure that gets clear, and, and, and Austin, I know you, you feel it, but we don't talk about that much, is, is the, you mentioned the customers we work for, right? We're blessed mm -hmm. that over these years we've gained yeah. cu customer um, confidence and, and great relationships with some of the best customers you can have in the world, right? We're so, so fortunate to have yep. We have customers that have, over the years, 
um, done, done experimentation in R&D with us on pavements like mm-hmm. Exelon. Exelon's done amazing stuff with us where they'll trust us and say, okay, Rayvon, you got, a, you got this new product. Go ahead and try it. And as long as you warranty it, we want you to go ahead and do it, right? We, we, we've tried out 10 or 20 different types of pavements on their properties. Mostly, most have worked out. Some have not, right? So, that, that, so in my opinion, some of the most exciting stuff is when you build a business, the trust you gain with great people is the most, one of the most valuable assets because we've done, we've done a lot of innovative things with great customers like Exelon over the mm-hmm. years where we've done pervious pavement, we've done concrete overlays, um, RCC, all different things that they'd never heard of before, right? That we were doing R&D on their properties with them, right? Over that time, we built relationships of trust with them where, where they know that, hey, if it fails, we're going to make it right. So they'll, they'll try things with us. So it was, it was, it's easy to, to bring Austin in. They trust our, our, our business, our name, right? And then they meet Austin and his team, who's very passionate. And they say, yeah, we'll try it, right? So mm-hmm. we'll, we'll, be, we'll be constantly doing things with site to, to really change this industry because of great relationships with great customers. So never minimize the value of a relationship, right? Never burn a relationship with a good customer um, and, and, and never devalue or, or not, you know, never not appreciate enough Great, great customers. So, you know, Walmart is one of these, right? They're amazing. In fact, they, they allow us to, to kind of test things and build mm-hmm. things customized yeah. for them on their properties. We're yep. doing it with concrete pavements. We're doing it with site. Um, you know, I mean, Austin can name a bunch of great customers, right? Yep. Yeah, Prologis. Uh, Prologis and, 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 uh, and Brookfield, uh, right? Yep. Uh, yep. Prologis, Brookfield, um, Home Depot, uh, you know, a couple of different Low, REITs that Lowe's, we work with. I mean, yeah. Um, yeah, and, and like like my dad's saying, the the it, it's given us the opportunity to you know they want to to meet with us and they want to sit down. I mean, we have weekly calls with some, with some of these clients just because they want to you know they want to look at a property and then have us run a few reports and get back to them and, and come up with different ways of modeling you know how they're going to spend their money over the next five years or if they spend this then you know then what happens the next five years to their budget if they don't spend it you know what does that do mm-hmm. um, well, the, the cool thing is with what Austin's doing it's way more exciting than pavements right, right it, it yeah. takes, takes, takes a lot of, a lot I of sales I don't want to say that because it takes a lot of sales <laughs> <laughs> it takes a lot of salesmanship for me to get Walmart to, to try a new pavement right yeah. with their engineering teams and everything else um, Exelon, all these guys, it t- takes a lot more salesmanship. And, and you know, I, I, I'm not that good of a salesman, but, <laughs> but so we have some good salespeople here. But it takes a long time. And then it takes, it takes years of, of, of trust. When I was your age, Q and Austin, I don't, I don't care how hard I tried and how, how much I, I really love my business, right? It was hard for me to sell me at 32 years old, 33 years old, to them that I could, I could represent my product like the next company, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So, so the beautiful thing of business, if you can build solid relationships of trust, is it's when you get to be my age and you've been doing this for 38 years now, you've got a lot of great relationships where people say, you know, Rayvine, you're, you're bringing this to us. We trust that, that, that you're going you're gonna to work hard to get it done. Yeah, what is this product, right? But with, with technology and what Austin's doing, they're like, they're more excited than I am. I mean, I, I, I can actually, as tough as it is, be quiet in the room and my customers will sell the product more than me, That's good. right? And Austin's find that too, that, you know, Austin's yeah. a good, good salesman because he represents the product amazingly. But, you know, a lot of times you get the customers like loving the product so much, they're selling it for you, right? Yeah. And technology and when you're leading an industry, and this is a, this is a cutting, edge, cutting edge industry that we're, we're leading at this point in, this, in the space we're in, Austin is, and his team is amazing, right? But... Um, you still better perform every day. You better do what you're going to say. Mm-hmm. You better never breach that trust. That trust with them, right? Yeah. Because because it, it took us all this time to gain it. 
Um, so you know, we're doing a great yeah. job with that. Yeah, and and like he was saying, you know, we've been able to because they, it is something that our clients like to talk about and want to hear more about, and you know, want to know what's coming next. Um, so so you know, we find somebody that will be an advocate for site in the business, and then you know, they love to sell it within their organization to you know their boss or the people that are working alongside them. Um, so it's been it's been cool because we have great people that are selling, but we we've found an internal you know advocate for site at each one of these companies. Yeah, you're right. But, Almost every company has somebody there yeah. that loves it so much they're selling for you yeah. more, right? Yeah, and they'll say, hey, you know, we've got this because right now we're talking to mostly property man- like the property management uh, teams, and but all of these organizations have departments that we can help, right? Like risk and compliance, we can be a resource to them. Uh, you know, disaster uh, post disaster inspections. Um, you know, we're looking at some lead stuff right now to to help on the environmental side, and then also acquisitions. So when uh, companies are purchasing portfolios of property, they can have us go out because we can do it as fast as we can. Um, you know, we can go out and give them a recommendation on, hey, this is how much money you're going to spend if you buy this property to fix the parking lot or fix mm-hmm. the roof or the facade. After, after understanding their standards or their expectations, right? right? Yeah. Because they all have yeah. different expectations. Yep. Some some want it to be cla- their class A properties. They better be class A pavements and roofs, right? Some some might be class A properties, but they really want to maintain them to a B level. Yeah. So the key is for our subject matter experts and our team, right, at site to understand what are their expectations, what what you know, what type of level of, of uh, structural integrity or aesthetics do you need mm-hmm. to have on those on those facilities, right? Um, yeah, you uh, so in 2017 you had a hundred, uh, yeah, you said a hundred roughly, yeah. and then you grew in 2018 500 percent, and mm-hmm. then from uh, 2018 numbers alone, you're going to grow another 500 percent. Uh, so with all of this amazing growth, the best question that I probably can have is, what are you learning? I mean, learning I'm learning something every day. Yeah. Um, so I mean, first. You know, just a, a brand new industry. I've learned a ton about the technology that we're working with, um, and and I think really the the startup business uh, model is a little bit different than um, than you know running a, a paving company that's been around or not running, but you know being involved in a paving company that's been around for uh, RPA at that point was around for ten years probably, um, but part of a group that's been around for over thirty five years. Yeah. It's a very different, you know, we're still part of the Raybine group, uh, the company is, but um, but it's, you know, it's separate and uh, much smaller and, you know, much more of a, a startup than kind of a, an existing organization that um, that you're working to grow and, and help organize and manage. But this is a lot scrappier. Um, so everybody's having to, you know, do job, you know, we have somebody that's responsible for sales, but, um, you know, he might be going in and doing his own map if we need him to, or depending on what the, what the workload is. So, um, so yeah, so I think that that's the biggest thing, just like learning to, to grow and build and kind of put things in place, uh, put a foundation in place for a business to be able to, to grow and scale on. Um, that's something. Yeah, so thank you. I know about. you've seen some of this around here, right? With, you know, you and Hint, Austin, Janelle and the and millennials, right? We've, we, you know, in the last 10 years, our, our culture has changed a lot. Mm-hmm. And, and I mean, I, 
I, sometimes a little jealous. He, he's got a he's got an office down there that's a blast. They have a blast. They're 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 having competition. They'll go out and they'll they'll after they have a good day and they work long hours. They go out and do something fun, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and and Austin and you and our, our millennials have brought that to our businesses here, right? Where we have they have fun, and and I think you know that's a huge thing today. I mean, the millennials and, and this next generation. Um, the Z's or whatever. The Gen Z. Z. I mean, yeah. you know, they want to have fun. And I, I don't blame them, right? That's, that should be something we talked about years ago, but we really didn't. It was a, you go to work, you get a check, and you, you, you know, bust your ass and do a great job, and, and you'll be taken care of, right? That was kind of the old days, right? Today, it's, no, man, it better be fun because they can go anywhere and bust their ass and, 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 be take, and, and have a job, right? Yeah. How do you make it more fun? And I think, you know, these guys, as you may have seen uh, with Ray Bind America when you were there and then, mm-hmm. and then now, um, they create a fun environment. So for, so for some of these older listeners, how do you make it fun so they can implement some of that in their organization? <laughs> uh, I mean, you know, I think that it's it starts with building a culture, right? You yeah. can't you can't do it overnight. Um, you can't put a ping pong table in, and and you know everything's going to change, and people are going to have fun. Um, it takes some some time, but I think that something that we try to build is a culture of so it is fun, and you know the environment that we're in is like. I, you know, it's we're not counting hours. We know what work needs to get done, and if people are getting it done and doing a good job, great. Then that's that's what we ask for, right? And I think that um, you know, I find that at our office, we're in a WeWork right now, um, so that helps because it's just kind of a, a fun yeah, environment. Yeah, and, that, and that's an issue there, right? Q, we got about uh, forty thousand square feet of open, op- <laughs> nice Schaumburg. office space in, in, Schaumburg. in the mecca of Schaumburg, yeah. Illinois. That. We're not. I'm paying rent down there. I, I'm, yeah. I'm losing here. We own this building, right? It's, yeah. It's so we're we're right downtown, yeah, and it's. I th- I think that you know, our our team and people enjoy a work life balance, but also, uh, like there there is that work life balance, but it's also I think like a lot more blended together now than it's ever been. Like mm. before, it was you go to work, you put in forty hours, and you go home, and you know it was very separate. But I think today. I think people like to have a little bit more of a blend um, and you create a better culture that way. I mean, we might be in the office from, you know, we have one guy that might be in there till two in the morning and shows up, you know, at nine or 10 a.m., but he's there till two in the morning and, but he's, you know, he's love what, loves what he's doing. And, um, and same thing with the whole team, like we'll be there and we might be working long hours, but, you know, we'll all take a break and whether it's just in the room, kind of hang out and talk or, you know, about fantasy football or whatever it might be, or there's a common area that we can go to and, and hang out. Um, so it's just, yeah, I think it's more uh, about that blend of, of work and personal life, right? And you, guys I mean, to, my, you guys seem to schedule stuff after we're two here and there. Yeah, let's yeah. I'll go here, let's yep. hang out here, let's do this. Or yeah, that. We're, we're downtown, so it's nice, and we can you know walk to you know a good pizza place right down the street um, in Chicago and hang out. And we, you know, on Tuesday, we all got together, we went to Parlor Pizza to do our NFL fantasy dude, draft. Dude, together, that's all you so. got is pizza. We got like we got two hundred fifty <laughs> restaurants here, maybe thirty pizza places yeah. here. Shopper, but, right, so, but a shopper. All right, yeah. <laughs> come on, you're on my side. You got to come here. You're on my side. I do have to come here, but I'm millennial. So I understand. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, we we schedule stuff after work, and honestly, I mean, most of the people that I, I mean, everybody there is I consider a good friend, yeah. and um, you know, I would say half the team I'm usually hanging out with over the weekend, you know, and well, and then that turns into strategizing about business over a beer or something on Saturday, right? So it's like, it's just having that blend, I think is, that for me is something that I personally enjoy. Gotcha. Um, and I think our team does too. Okay. Right. But, cool, man. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Well, um, 
man, this was good. You know, this was good. You know, um, I guess I, I, I always we do always want to ask this one question to every uh, every uh, guest that we have, which uh-huh. is um, and you probably heard it before. I don't know why you're saying uh-huh. you know, <laughs> we're an amazing country. You just came from India. Right. Yeah. And as we always say, um, you know, or even how Gary always puts it, you know, do you think the type of business that you have and the the work-life blend that you're able to put together do you think you'll be able to be in any place outside of America? Um, yeah, I mean, I think that there's there's other countries that, that support that type of um, innovation and, and work-life blend. I'm definitely, you know, thankful to be in the United States and be able to build this business here. It's, you know, I don't, I don't think that there's anywhere that has the same kind of energy around innovation and I mean there's you know there's tech hubs and innovative hubs in different parts of the world but I think in the US it's you know there's just more of an opportunity here you know whether it's working with companies like Walmart or a Prologis or Home Depot you know those are headquartered here so it's it's nice for us to be able to to work with them um, but you know I think that there's I think the answer is yes but but it, I think it makes it easier here, right? Like it's it's easier to innovate and build a business and um, and work with work with your customers. So the but, answer is hell yeah, we're yeah. blessed to be born in America. <laughs> oh, we're blessed, and run, run a we business are blessed. In America. Yeah, we are. We're for sure blessed to to be here and, and run I'm a business here. But, <laughs> but no, I, I think you look at you know, GDP. I look at I was measuring GDP across the globe, and I thought China was. You know, right with us, they're, they're behind us again, right by mm. a lot. But again, look at GDP and all these big countries, much like India, um, you know, Japan, countries that are our size are bigger, are way behind us. GDP. So you think about that that amount of a twenty-one trillion or twenty trillion in, in GDP, right, is huge. To be able to know that's in our market, right? Yeah. That we can go yeah. after. Yeah. Compared sure. to the whole world, that's that's a big big percentage of the world, yep. right? So we're right in the middle of that. Yeah. Compared to if we we're somewhere else, you, know, you have to access it right sure. from yeah. there. Yeah, and we've you know there's there's not a lot of competitors that or there's nobody doing exactly what what we're doing in the this market, um, but we are you know running up against people and the majority of them are U.S. based. There's there's uh, one in Germany. There's so there are companies that we're competing against that are in other parts of the world, but I think that you know again it. It allows a good opportunity for us to be here because we can sit face to face with. One them. question I, I ask Austin and uh, you haven't talked about too much. Where do you see it going? What, do you, what are the things that are coming down the road that are going to make this yeah. this industry so crazy yeah. advanced? Right? What do, you, what do you see? What are you guys investigating and learning? And yeah. what do you see that's being developed now that's going to change it all over again? Right? Yeah. So one of the, the big things that. We're starting to look at right now is uh, how can we capture information on an interior of a building. Um, so we're looking at different cameras and technologies that could allow us to do that. Uh, the, the the thing that um, the the reason that it's a little more difficult is mostly because of the drone network, right? The, the, this massive network of drone pilots makes it easy for us to capture information, um, and that doesn't exist on a, on the interior of buildings yet. So that's something that we're constantly exploring and I think that we have a few good ideas that we're going to test out um, in the next couple months. But also just drone technology in general. I mean, you know, there's thermal uh, cameras on drones that uh, that's that's great that for um, roof inspections and we're doing a lot of it, but it's still a little bit expensive and they're not as common in the market. Um, so that's something that is starting to progress and become um, more become more accessible. 
Uh, you know, we've talked about ground penetrating radar. That's something that we're looking into. Um, there's LIDAR already, but that's also very expensive still. Um, but we also don't... So what do, the, what do those do us? I mean, I know ground penetrating um, radar is basically showing you different materials below the ground, pretty deep, right? Yep. And all that kind of stuff. Yep. And you explain a little bit of that and then LIDAR. What does LIDAR yeah. do? Uh, so Sounds LIDAR... Cool. LIDAR is a, uh, it's like a, a, a radar that uses light, I believe. I'd have to, I'm, I'm not totally familiar with LIDAR, but um, it's just capturing more accurate data, essentially. So Gosh. elevations and, um, you know, so if, if we're doing a utility uh, line inspection, measure slag, sag in the lines, stuff like that. Um, so we haven't, we haven't tested LIDAR out yet, but um, we do a lot of thermal. Um, and, uh, and yeah, so we also like to, to not, necessarily say that we're a drone company. We use drones as a tool and it's been a great tool for us. Um, but we also use other uh, sources of you know data to be able to assess facilities. So satellite imagery, um, in some cases, we'll look at historical satellite imagery to be able to see how something has changed over time, which I think that's something that you know we're always keeping our eye on that is gonna get better and better. Um, there's some, some places where we can't fly because uh, of, um, because of FAA regulation, so it might be too close to an airport or a military base or something like that. So we use uh, 360 cameras. And we'll have somebody go out and walk the, the facility to take images from the ground. Um, so really, we're always looking at different ways that we can be capturing this data and information from, from the site so that our team can do what they need to do. Um, there's more, know, more and more equipment that's allowing you to do this without GPS, right? So, I mean, you can do yeah. it... Uh, uh, between buildings and it could be a canopy of trees where yep. you couldn't do it before, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. We just talked to, to the, the team in India and they have like a, essentially a backpack that, um, that allows you to fly these without having like great GPS, um, uh, connection. So yeah, it's pretty crazy. Yeah. So we're, we're looking into that right now too. Um, but, uh, but yeah. So what, you know what I envision? I envision that because of that technology, if it's developed right and it gets smaller and smaller, I believe you're going to have you're going to have drones like we're in Pipe View America. We have we have robots that, that travel in, in pipe everywhere, right? Fast, expensive camera robots, right? Yep. Um, I believe eventually it's going to be a bumblebee, bumblebee drone that's going to fly <laughs> right through these right through these pipes with with cameras on it that can go through any size pipe super fast, like a just like a flying like a bumblebee. Man, yeah. Crazy. Yeah. I mean, it's constantly. Evolving. Constantly improving. What we see yeah. today is going to be outdated. It's going to be like, yep. remember we used to use those two hundred thousand yeah. dollar robot, uh, you know, yeah. cameras. Uh, yeah, right. They they do have one um, that I'm looking into. It's a, a drone that's like in a a ball, uh, like a protective protective cage. cage. Almost, right? Yeah, it's like a cage, and the drone's inside, and basically, so it can like you know, it'll hit the wall or it's like for confined spaces and I mean it would it could fly into you and it'll just kind of like roll off of you right it just keeps mm -hmm. on going so it's like kind of rolling through like a bumper car yeah 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 similar to that hit something um, doesn't hurt it. so that's for com confined spaces interiors um potentially you know uh you know pipes pipe televising stuff like that that's so, awesome yeah Good deal, good deal. Well, I have some true takeaways from your man right here. Uh, some Quentin true takeaways for you guys. So Austin gave you all some amazing golden nuggets that I hope you're ready for. So one, surround yourself with good people. Okay, I've always heard that before. You know, you are who you associate with, right? And you're the average of the five people you, you associate with the most and their income. So that was key. Don't focus on your weakness, but double down on your strengths. 
And that's huge, to be honest with you, because I think we've always been taught exactly when you mm -hmm. said that, you know, try to get good at your weaknesses. But if your weaknesses are not necessarily anywhere you need to be at, double down on your strengths and become better and just probably find somebody who can do that, like you said. Uh, one other thing, never minimize the value of a good relationship, which is extremely huge, you know, uh, from that perspective. Find someone who can be an internal advocate for your mm -hmm. business. My friends, that is huge. If you can find somebody who can promote you better than you can promote yourself. Within the company. Within right? the company, yeah, you got to sell. I mean, that's that's huge. And then for everyone out there, understand, to people, <laughs> this may be, honestly, this may be an Austinism. You know, today, people like more of a blend, you know, when it comes to uh, work-life balance. <laughs> and, and that's huge. But I think with the biggest nugget of all, make sure you call him Austin. <laughs> and not yeah. Gary. All right. My make grandpa sure calls me Gary. He makes sure to always call me Gary. <laughs> so that's make his, sure you call That's him always his Austin. voicemail. Is change your voicemail. It's Gary, not Austin. <laughs> He's not calling you Junior. Yeah. 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 Junior. So, uh, but more more importantly than anything, Austin, I mean, I've been here for five years. I, I, I respect your dad a ton. And to see what you're doing, and like I said, now I have a little one. I'm so excited for um, what you're putting to putting putting down and what you're creating and I just can't wait to have my little man do something just like you're doing you know what I mean <laughs> validated you. validating your dad but more more importantly leave your own legacy so yeah. kudos wait to wait and, and now we gotta say congratulations to our buddy oh. <laughs> for having a baby boy yeah, yeah. Man. only a month Absolutely. ago appreciate it <laughs> can you just a little bit about him just give us a couple minutes about him How yeah so he's uh he's lighter than me and my wife which is uh you know one <laughs> uh, from that perspective uh, he was actually born like me and my wife were born seven pounds each he's actually was born nine pounds uh like out the womb extremely solid um you know you're talking about athlete and he's already has these big huge legs on them so i can't wait for you to see him and uh, he does have my personality you know but people say he looks like my wife we don't know yet you know um she says he looks like her i don't know i don't think wait, so. wait how do you know the personality is yours in a month now because he, drool well, no, he drools like you no no he spits no, up like you no, no no he sleeps like her like that's where all the drooling stuff comes in so um, okay well the personality how's the personality oh like because you? he's he's uh you know he goes after what he goes after what he wants you know right. so you know he only cries when he wants something i guess that's a guy thing uh, -huh. uh you know when you're a baby you only yeah, you're cry, like you only that cry. you cry only when you want you'll cry that much only when you want something only when i want something absolutely but he's really persistent too you know and he has the eyes and things like that so no can't wait for you to see him i know you've been in india so i can't wait for you all in the ray by family to see, to see the extended family that you all have created but he's a good dude i can't believe one of the nuggets wasn't that austin and i are criers when we get pulled over it works all the time. <laughs> what's that that is a good lesson that's a good lesson to learn <laughs> I, I need to add that let's let's edit that chris and put that in there so uh but no i appreciate your time oh, thank you I know, guys i know you're really yeah. busy so no thanks yeah appreciate it's, it. uh it's an honor to have my boy you know on this and uh he's he he's a guy that again probably is in the top you know there's not a lot of people in the space he's in the top echelon to the space right now yeah. which is pretty cool yeah it's fun um he's got a lot of he's got a lot of growth and a lot of opportunity ahead of him it's gonna be a lot of fun to watch yep. my boy Thanks, and, guys. And we'll see you all next time on Ditch Diggers CEO. See ya! If you enjoy this show, please share it with anyone else you think will find value here. And please go to our website, ditchdiggerceo.com, for show notes, links, video clips, and more nuggets of entrepreneurial wisdom. Don't forget to follow me on social media at Ditch Digger CEO and at Gary Rabine. If you listen to our show and want to become more successful, you will become more successful. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. Though I 
Leonard Entrepreneurship, scaling business plans. Then I became the CEO man. We're blessed to build a business in America. Where soldiers fight for our freedom every day. Dad's work ethic was taught from the seat of a gravel truck. Rolling down Highway 31. Lord, I was called Ditch Digger Man. Paying for a living and doing the best I Discovered entrepreneurship, scaling 